On today's episode of Come Pray With Me, we will be discussing one of the oldest but least known religions, Zoroastrianism, with the Zoroastrian priest, Mr. Kurus Dastor. My first question is how long practicing Zoroastrianism and how long Sorry, uh, actually your voice is coming in... Uh, it's breaking, so could you please repeat the question for me? Oh, certainly, no problem. So, how long have you been practicing Zoroastrianism, and in what ways has it impacted your life? Sure, thank you for your question. Basically, I was born in a Zoroastrian priestly family, and I have been practicing Zoroastrianism since 23 years now. Leading a Zoroastrian life means living according to its principles and teaching, <clears throat> inheriting a positive outlook and an optimistic worldview. I get the strength and courage to face the problems and challenges that keeps approaching in day-to-day -day life. Leading a Zoroastrian life helps me grow physically, mentally and spiritually. Thank you. Thank you. That is very interesting. Now, for some of the people who aren't as familiar with Zoroastrianism, it gets its name from the prophet Zoroaster, also known as Zarathustra. Now, Zarathustra, he lived in Persia, which is modern-day Iran, and this was after he had a vision that came to him from Ahura Mazda, which for the people who don't know that is uh, basically God. And uh, during this vision, he ended up seeing what would found Zoroastrianism. So how does that differ from the other religions that were practiced during Zarathustra's days? Okay. So basically, my answer towards this is, Zarathustra had a conference with Aurumazda and the Amesha Spintas. Amesha Spintas are also known as the divine entities in the Zoroastrianism. He had a conference in his revelation. He did not see Aurumazda, but just saw light and heard his voice. He was given the knowledge about the existence of good and evil in this world, about the temporary triumph of good, but the assurance about the ultimate victory of the good over evil shall take place. Thank you for sharing that. So, um, anytime. Some of these uh, other beings, what are their roles in Zoroastrianism? Sorry, could you please oh, pardon? Yeah, um, the other beings you mentioned that were. So, the Amesha Spentas. So, Amesha Spentas are also known as the creations of Dada Uramasta. There are seven creations, starting from men, then it goes to animals, fire, earth, sky, plants, and animals. So these are the seven creations of that Aurumasta, and it is also known as Amesha Spentas or divine entities in the Zoroastrianism. Okay, thank you for that. And then you also mentioned um, the battle between good versus evil that he yes, yes, and the ultimate victory of good over evil shall take place. Okay, so some of the core principles of Zoroastrianism are think good thoughts, speak good words, and do good deeds. What are some of the ways that Zoroastrians 
uh, apply these in their daily lives? Okay, now this is a good question and a very important question for every Sorastian. By incorporating wisdom, goodness, truth, services, love, devotion, tolerance, a quest for betterment, and awareness of the future immortality are the ways in which one can incorporate the principles of good thoughts, good words, and good deeds in one's life. Thank you. Thank you. So, it's, uh, Zoroastrianism is also one of the oldest religions in the world. Yes. And historians consider it to be the first ever monotheistic religion. Monastic religion, that's true. And uh, it actually predates all of the Abrahamic faiths as well, which are Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And it certainly influenced a lot of other religions that came after it, including those that are monotheistic. So in what ways do you see uh, Zoroastrianism's influence on these other religions? Thank you for the question. Zoroastrianism's influence on the Abrahamic religion can be seen in the following doctrines, which have been adopted from the Zoroastrian religions. The first doctrine is doctrine of good and evil, light and darkness, death and judgment, heaven and hell, future life, spiritual hierarchies, resurrection of the body, and everlasting life. These are some of the doctrines which have been adopted from the Zoroastrianism. Oh, that's all very interesting. So Zoroastrians also believe in a heaven or a hell that people go to after they pass on. Is that correct to say that? So interpretation could be very much yes, but okay. uh, there is exactly not heaven and hell. It says that in this world, you are responsible for your own actions and your own thinking, how you think, what you do, how you do. And of course, if you do, are going to do bad things, then there is a... You have to then... Uh, what, what is that term called? You have to be responsible for your own sins. Like no prophet or no priest can save you. It's it's you that you have to be answerable for your own thoughts, words, and deeds. Okay, so basically, like if someone does evil in their life, then that means when they pass on, they have to face the consequences of the yes. evil. The consequences are there. Yes. And then yes. the same thing if someone leads a very good and righteous yes. life. Okay. So it so says there are even even in the other world there are two worlds. One is more spiritual world where of course you know the if you have led a very spiritual life, that's where you go to and had the spiritual life. But if you are not so spiritual then you head to a different world where your then your soul progresses from that world to the spiritual world. But in this Zoroastrianism, it also says that finally at the end of the world, that would be called Frashokarati. That's when every soul on this planet Earth would be on the same level, like everyone would be just on the same level. And that's when the end of the world will happen. Like it, it's the time of Russian or Zoroastrianism. Now, that is definitely a fascinating way to look at life. It's very different from a lot of the other yeah. religions I've yeah, read about. It is. Yeah, because in some it's like you reincarnate and you get to try again if something didn't work out. No. Or in other ones, there's like a very clear result. Like yeah, there, there is no, yeah, there is no, there is no reincarnation in Zoroastrianism. 
there is only one life and after that you keep progressing spiritually okay so, so there is only one life so that is very interesting so even though someone may not continue to physically exist their spirit still exists and then their spirit yeah. is still evolving and growing and then they keep evolving and growing in the other world that's true that is definitely very fascinating so could you elaborate a little more on uh, Ahura Mazda and what exactly is the relationship Zoroastrians have between him and how does he impact their lives and their beliefs? So basically, if you go to see Ahura Mazda is a much, much broader term. Okay. Zarathustra had a vision or a message from Ahura Mazda and his messages are portrayed through Zarathustra. So basically you could say Zarathustra was the in-between term, like the prophet to mold people, to teach people what is going on, how it is going on, and how you have to live a good life. And Zarathustra was just a medium between Aura Mazda and human beings. Ahura Mazda chose Zarathustra to be the one to deliver yes. his message to the people. That's true. From a historical standpoint, what were some of the reactions Zarathustra got when he first started to spread the message Ahura Mazda had given him? Initially, uh, people got scared. Okay, because of course, when somebody tells you that, you know, there is a different light. And so th that's when people, uh, first they got scared, but later on in their life, when they started seeing that, you know, by performing these things into the daily life, like what impact was it causing? That's when they trusted, started trusting Zarathustra and started believing in the word of Agamasta. And at first, and a lot of people doubt. So I remember you mentioned earlier you were raised into a Zoroastrian priesthood. Is that correct? Yes, priestly family. Yes, I was born in a priestly family. So what ways did that impact your childhood when you were growing up to be living your life among these priestly people? So basically, I was born into a Zoroastrian family, but I took my training at the boarding school. That school name is Dadarathonan Institute and it is only now one of the one running school in whole of the world that actually teaches you the perspective about Zoroastrianism, not only the theoretical perspective, but also the practical pers perspective, like how the prayers are to be performed, what are to be, what, when are they to be performed, and as well as the Iranian history, like our roots, how did we came from Iran, what happened during the persecution when the Arabs took over Iran when the Arabs took over Iran. So my life had be, has been very interesting. I had been to uh, the boarding school since I was seven years old. I got my um, invocation into the Zoroastrian faith when I was nine, that is the Naujot, the initiation into the Zoroastrian faith. And then I did my Navar and Maratab. Those are the priestly initiations uh, at the age of 13 and 14. And since then, I have been practicing priests priesthood. Of course, I did my studies as well. Uh, I studied at Texas A&M. So basically, I did my degree from India and then coming here, I studied at Texas A&M. I did my master's in accounting and 
now I'm serving the assembly community, that Sorashtra Association of Metropolitan Washington. But definitely, it has influenced me to be a better person, to be a stronger person, to defeat challenges which ke- keeps coming in day to day life. And it is, it has made me stronger. The fate has made me stronger. The, how do you think? What do you think? How to respond to people? Keeping a positive mind and always thinking that you know, if one door closes in your life, there is definitely going to be the other door which is going to be which is going to open for you so actually uh honestly speaking being into the zoroastrian faith and practicing the zoroastrian faith from the early childhood has impacted me very strongly emotionally mentally and physically it has made me very strong that's a wonderful story you've definitely led a very rich and fulfilling life from what i hear and that's incredible yeah. I mean, to be a priest at 14 you know most 14 year olds are usually out doing stupid stuff and being goofy and then you know here you are and you're actually becoming an official priest at that age it's such an incredible achievement and also it's a hard life because of course you have to study the Zoroastrian doctrine so it's not easy uh, at the boarding school we used to wake up by 4.45 a.m. in the morning and that's when our day used to start because we were not only studying the Zoroastrian scriptures but at the same time we were studying the normal education like your high school education so we were studying two things at the same time. So life was very difficult. So it used to life used to start at four forty five a.m. in the morning, and then we used to go to bed at ten. And of course, it was a boarding school, so the, it was very strict routine. Like you have to work according to the routine. Yeah, I can imagine that wouldn't be easy for anybody to deal with, no matter what age they are. But for me, that's why that it's so impressive that you could still. Thank you. through all of that and still be so successful and still have such a strong faith and then a lot uh, so much wisdom from that faith thank you so what are some of your uh, priestly duties that you have so basically my priestly duties here are divided into four four main parts one is, of course, uh, whenever services are needed by the community members, such as funeral services or jashin, that is uh, a housewarming jashin, or the initiation of child into the Zoroastrian faith, so doing such kind of services for the community. Second thing is I also represent... Uh, the assembly community at the interfaith level, interfaith community at the, in Washington, D.C. So I also represent my faith over there. And when it comes to interfaith, how to deal with the situations and stuff like that. So I also represent the assembly community over there. And plus, uh, I am the secretary of North American Mobics Council. So basically, North American Mobics Council is the whole priestly, uh, the term, I could use is the priest fraternity in United States. I, I am the secretary of the North American Mobits Council, and that's where we take decisions about how priest, the priests can react to certain situations and what can be done, how can it be done. And from because, of course, every organization is different and their rules are different. So we govern the body and we uh, give the organizations, okay, you have to do this, you have to do that when it comes to the 
duties of the priest and how how the priest should react with the uh, different organizations in throughout the North America and Canada. Thank you for sharing that. So a lot of times you're representing Zoroastrianism at Interfaith events. So what are these events like? So basically events completely depends on what kind of event it is. Sometimes uh, I represent Zoroastrian at the last was the Unity Walk, for example. So now at the Unity Walk, uh, of course, the main motive is that everyone should be united. So in the Zoroastrianism, there is a term called as Hamasurbad, Hamasur, Hamasurbad. It means we should be not even united just physically, but we should be united in the spiritual energy. We should be connected to each other. That's when we can make a better place. We can make the world a better place to live. That's very One of the things, uh, one of my duties is I teach um, Gujarati, that is our mother tongue, uh, to the young kids at the center, at the Zoroastrian center in Boys, Maryland. That's very beautiful work, and I have to say I agree with that completely of trying to bring the oneness among people on a spiritual level as well, and that's what I hope to do with my shows, because I feel like even if just a few people can have their minds and perspectives open, then that can help make the world a little bit better. True, true. So thank you for that. and. Uh, uh, due to the ongoing coronavirus crisis, would you like to share a prayer and give a short explanation of that prayer? Sure, of course. So due to the ongoing crisis, the prayer which I wanted to share is from Ammairasha. The prayer name is Ammairasha. The prayer goes as follows. It says, Ammairasha, Karinasha, Ammairasha, Ammai tanmo vastuare, Ammai tanmo veritrem. It simply means, in this world, may there be splendor and glory, the victory of the strength of the body over the weakness of the body. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you sharing that with us and also taking time out of your day to do the show. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much, Mr. Destor. Anytime. I'm very grateful for you and definitely had a great time today learning about Zoroastrian. You have any other questions? Oh, well, that answers all of my questions, but was there anything else you wish to discuss? Sure. So basically, I would also like to discuss something from Gathas. Okay. So there is a very important passage from Gatha and which does affect my life. I mean, I take it as a learning, I mean, a way how to look at life. And the passage is from Yasna chapter 30th, paragraph 2. The passage says, Shrautam Geushai Swaistau, Avanichau Suchamanangau, Abre now, Vichitayao, Narem Narem Kakyai Tanuye, Paramaseyongo, Amine Sajiai, Bautan Topaiti. The translation of the paragraph is The translation is very beautiful. That's why I like the paragraph, this paragraph the most from the Gathas. It says, Do you hear the best thing with your ears? 
and which will you mine weigh them with care before you choose which of the two paths to tread deciding men by men each one for each before the great happening shall take place for us people it simply means the interpretation of the paragraph is that it teaches men to lead a healthy natural life the world is taken as a real battleground and man has to play his role righteously he is not to escape from the world and he is fully responsible for the part he chooses to walk on there are two parts in the zoroastrianism one is known as pentamenu that is known as the that is also known as the part of righteousness and the other part is called the part of angramenu that is the part of darkness that leads to negative energy so there are two parts and it's upon you it's a, it's the individual choice he has given a choice it's the individual choice which part you have to walk on you lead a life of righteousness or either you lead a life of negativity and darkness thank you thank you very much that was a beautiful passage thanks well thank you very much for being on the thank show you have a wonderful day and you too be happy be healthy you too. Be safe. yeah thank you thank you